Even though we're recording this during Shark Month, this is not a shark movie. This is not no. a shark movie, and it's extra special because we're joined by an extra special guest, my brother from the same mother, mm-hmm. Mr. David Williams. Thank you so much, uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. I did have a question. Why, why this movie, and, and, and why me? So we're doing They Live by John Carpenter. Right. Which um, is, I think, our third Carpenter film. Probably like fourth, isn't it? No, we did, we did the thing. We did Prince of Darkness. And Mouth of Madness. And Mouth... This is our fourth. <laughs> Levi, do you listen to the podcast? Yes, I know. <laughs> but why this movie, in and why you specifically, David, is this is just one of those that I remember us watching mm-hmm. more than once. Oh, yeah. Uh, because no one ever cared what we watched <laughs> at all. When, when you were, were not supervised. When you all no, grown no, no. up. Yeah. Yes, we were just out there. Once we got that VCR... That was it. That was high culture. That was, we were set loose. And I'm not um, uh, upset we're doing this movie at all because I do love it. And it was um, one that we did watch quite a bit. I thought, though, if you were ever going to have me on, we would do Night of the Creeps. But I know you guys like to do movies that are somewhat uh, topical that are going on right now. And in the world of conspiracy theories... Go. And everyone has their own they. They live is a very good choice. Oh yeah, I mean that, that's it, right? This if you want a, a timely movie, like this is a movie. They live has gotten more timely, and especially right now. Yeah, it resonates a lot with all the all the um, what the misinformation wars. What do you want to call them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, around the Rona and the uh, vaccine, and the vaccines and stuff. And the other reason, David, is I wanted to have you on because. Well, as as I know, but other people might not, you're a big anti-vaxxer, big QAnon guy, <laughs> and I just... Um, Trust the plan. I, I, I just wanted you to explain your people. Um, well, Trust the plan. So, yep. is Joe Biden still living in like a replica White House just for television and Donald Trump's actually president? Yeah, they've switched faces. They've actually switched faces. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And there is uh, some time travel involved, but, but, but Trump is still president. I, I need to say, and just make it very clear that... Um, you're kidding. Yeah, yeah I'm we, not. <laughs> I am being completely serious. I'm not a member of of, of QAnon. Dear listeners, uh, I would like to think that you by now can tell when Jonathan is being sarcastic and not. I, however, like David, struggle with this. I've, so, I've never been sarcastic a day in my life. I have no idea what you're talking that's about. That's not true, Jonathan. I am the most earnest, sincere person no, you're not. you will ever meet. Um, I'm a so, straight shooter. With 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 what's going on in our country over the last, God, what has it been? Ten years now, <laughs> two years. Um, been the longest year and a half. Yeah, this this film definitely resonates because the premise is we're being controlled and dumbed down by basically an alien race, by an alien race that's using mass media, right, and technology to sort mm-hmm. of pseudo hypnotize mm-hmm. the human population. Uh, in order to take control of the planet and change the climate to their liking, so it'll essentially just be theirs. And then, of course, there's a group of human beings who are helping them for their own financial gain. Right. Oh, yeah. And that's the they're most, always traitors. That's the most screwed up part to me. And I want to. Well, I want to obviously cover that later. But like, so the main thing is like keep you asleep, keep you selfish, and keep you sedated. Obey, it says. Yeah, yeah. And then consume. Interesting fact, the clothing company Obey comes from an artist who only uses phrases that are used by them in this film as his medium. So like 
the shirt Obey. Like, if you've ever seen a shirt that says Obey, it's from that. So there's a clo- clothing line from this movie. Yes, exactly. You think John Carpenter gets royalties? I don't... Probably. When I wikipedia it, so take it with a grain of salt, it's... Um, and all the sayings that he uses are are pulled from this film, like the stuff you see on the billboards and the stuff you see on the books, which, you know, which are like basically watch more TV, you know, stay sedated. This movie was overdue for some merch. I'm glad. I'm glad that's happening. I am too. Yeah, yeah. If you see an, I, I see an Obey shirt a lot, but they, some of them have Andre the Giant on them, and I haven't figured out why. They have that like image of. Andre the Giant. Other than Wrong wrestler. There's a wrestler. Yes. Yeah, other than there's a wrestler casted as our protagonist in this film, and his name is Roddy Piper. So one way to start about this, I'm gonna mm-hmm. kick it over to Levi for the the basics here, but maybe one way to start talking about this is, is just how it's kind of a it's both immediately recognizable as a John Carpenter movie, and it's also a very strange John Carpenter movie. It it's really the most, is. It's the most overtly political. Yeah. Maybe the only overtly political. Well, I mean, movie all, that he ever did. Yeah, I mean, most of them, most of his films have some kind of undertone to them, although sure. very subtle, if any. I mean, Halloween, I, I don't. You'd have to be pulling at straws, but you know, the thing has some very effective social undertones to it. You sure. Know? And we talked about that when we discussed the thing. Go back and listen to our episode on the thing. But the first thing I noticed rewatching this is is how much it strangely feels like Prince of Darkness, even though it has a completely different tone. Like, Prince of Darkness is a very sort of serious... I think it might be the urban setting. ...horror movie. Yeah, yeah. But this is more of a... It's strange. It's kind of a tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, but it it takes itself seriously, but it doesn't. Like, there's the fucking, like, guitar riffs, you know, and then there's the... I think there was like a harmonica on occasion yeah, when yeah. And Roddy Roddy Piper's walking into town. Right. Oh, yeah. And he plays <laughs> a harmonica a great, yeah. at one point. He plays a harmonica. In the homeless camp. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's just well, working man down on his luck playing the harmonica. And in and, and the homeless encampment, whenever they're watching TV, suddenly um, the people who were on the resistance side keep beaming in a signal, which interferes with their television set. And you see flashes of a guy explaining the conspiracy and what's going on that kind of felt almost like uh, in the Prince of Darkness, the dream everyone's yeah, having, yeah, yeah. you're getting bits and yeah. pieces. You're not getting that the whole transmission. Story. Yeah. There in both cases, there's like this transmission in both cases. It references sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, they both do. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's just the urban setting and the music, the music's kind of similar. And of course, John Carpenter did the music. He like always does the music for his films. This one felt a little cheesy. Uh, the music did. But you cast a wrestler as your protagonist. That's one of my issues with the film. Okay, in, in your research, did you find out how he was cast? No, no. I think him and Carpenter might have been like buddies or something. Or they wanted some blue-collar tough guy, you know. And you can't cast Bruce Willis, you know, or Tom Cruise in this role. I kept wondering how, uh, like, Kurt Russell would have done. Right. In yeah. This role. yeah, in that role. Yeah. But, but some of these lines, I, I think they're just made for, like, the one line, um, brother life's a bitch and she's back in heat. Yeah. Like that, that, that's yeah. A, well, it's not like Kurt Russell can't pull off cheese with Carpenter because, you oh, know, big trouble in Little oh, yeah. China. Absolutely. You oh, know, yeah. It's just no, just it cheese is. all the way through it. It's it great. Is. But yeah, this the cheese in this is even a level above that with some of those lines. You know, the, the when he walks into the bank, probably the most famous one from the movie. Go ahead and say it. Um, the most famous line from this film is... I'm here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. That line actually comes from this film. So, And that, that blew me away, because I didn't... 
I didn't know that that's what this came from. And I'd also heard from Dazed and Confused, I'm here to drink beer and kick some ass and looks, looks like we're almost out of beer. I thought that's what it, what it was. So that was a riff off of this. Yes, apparently. Or that was just a saying. You yeah, did. It became a saying. You and, said and, stuff like that, yeah. I'm here to blank blank and kick ass. Looks like we're almost out of blank blank. But the like, you know, the sort of, he's a wrestler. So, so it's, it, there's a strange mix of sort of awkward acting and a little bit of overacting, but it's perfect for this movie. There's a 10 minute fight scene in this film. It's so and the, great. the only reason is because they were like, well, we better use him as a wrestler, you know, like. And he got some wrestling moves in there, which if yeah, he, he actually did. did on a human on concrete would just yeah, kill you. That would have been the end of the fight. What's that one where he puts him up like. Pile driver. Pi- completely above his like shoulder. Suplex, right? Yeah. Suplex is that yeah, yeah. So. Oh yeah if you did God. that in on a in a concrete alleyway, that's... and that fight scene, by the way, has been referenced. Like they 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 did it like I think move for move on South Park once, where, really? where like the character Timmy was actually fight. I, oh I think was God, fighting with somebody. Awesome. I mean, even the point where where he tried to like hit him in the groin and go, really? you dirty mutt, and like, like yeah, they bleep that out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about his friend that he meets at the homeless camp. Uh, Frank is played by Keith David. Keith David is a very, very prolific actor. That um, man works. I mean, if you go on his IMDb, it, I mean, if you scroll as far as you think you could scroll on anyone else's IMDb page, you've only reached 2010. Like, it's insane. But he is also in The Thing. If If you don't remember who I'm talking about, he's the guy at the end with McCready sitting with McCready we'll just see how this turns out <laughs> a contrast to so. Rowdy Piper's IMDB which is surprisingly short and is I it mean, Rowdy or Roddy uh, Rowdy, Rowdy Roddy Piper oh my god alright I'm glad y'all said that together too yeah, that was well. great can't believe he didn't know that no, I did and, and <laughs> immediately Christ. after this movie he, he did a movie called Hell Comes to Frogtown yeah, I um, saw that on IMDb. Uh, which I have seen. You have seen? I, have, oh, yeah. I haven't, and I'm a little bit ashamed about that. Is it good? Well, I mean, I know it isn't good, but is it good? It, y- y- well, it's one of those movies I think that everyone owes themselves to, to not only to know it exists, but yeah, you should probably watch like, it. Like Killer Clowns in Outer Space. Uh, it goes deeper. It, it's, yeah. Killer Clowns could actually be, you You could, uh, people could sit and watch that and have fun with it. Right. Like it knows what it is. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I think uh, Hell Comes to Frogtown knows what it is, but um, there, there's that, it, it kind of has that punk energy, kind of like a, not quite a trauma film to where you think, man, they could probably do anything and yeah. anything can happen. There's mm-hmm. that feeling that no one's watching them. Um, so uh, they're, they're free to express themselves. Oh, wow. Yeah. What I, I mean, I saw the title and I just, because we were looking at, has he really, did he really do anything else, you know? And no, like, I mean, he did, uh, there's another film he did in 2005, which he's, he, he's the late Roddy Piper now, mm-hmm. rest in peace. But um, he wasn't that old when he died either, was he? No, he was like 60 something. I think he was 64 or 65. I think a lot of wrestlers die, die young. Yeah, they, they put their body through a lot. We have an actress named Meg Foster in the film. She's in Masters of the Universe mm-hmm. with Dolph Lundgren. If you, if you she's in Leviathan. She is Leviathan. She's she is in Leviathan, Leviathan with yeah. uh, Peter Weller. Mm-hmm. She's got those great, like, so, just crystal blue eyes that Cheryl are creepy goes, as hell. Cheryl she's goes, beautiful, but creepy as hell. I can't get over how creepy her eyes yeah. are. Yeah, like, the, it's... She's got, like, husky eyes. Yeah. yeah. When she shows up, her eyes, her voice, and generally every other thing about her lets you know that she's actually a, a villain. A bad guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything yeah, about her says bad guy. She's a great femme fatale because she is at once 
uh, super creepy and untrustworthy, but yeah. also incredibly attractive. Yeah. yeah. She, and her character's name is Holly Thompson. And uh, <laughs> there's one, I think there's a line where Roddy Piper says, it's a beautiful name. <laughs> it's just this, the most generic name. Holly Thompson is her character's name. And Every time he smiles at her. It's weird. It's like, you know, you think she's a good guy for a little bit of yeah. this movie. Spoiler alert. You got to watch the movies, guys, before you listen to these podcasts. But uh, anyway. Um, there's, we highly encourage that. But when, when he thinks she's a good guy, mm-hmm. good girl, good lady, every time he... Uh, Every time he smiles at her, like that would send any normal woman running out of a goddamn room. Yeah, but he's he's also a blue collar construction worker with a glorious blonde mullet. That mullet is a mullet for the ages. I mean, feathered title. It's mullet so, for the ages. Yeah, and it's I mean, it's 1988, so it's right there. You know, I can't believe I was alive when this film was made, but I was. And I think as as far as his casting goes, I mean, it's the 80s. Wrestling was like really big then. Right. And, oh, yeah. And, and you had wrestlers like Hulk Hogan popping yeah. up in movies. They probably just were like, this could be a next, you know, he could he could be Well, I mean, there was, you know, Jesse Ventura was in... Predator. Predator. And, and um, I just found out recently, this is totally off subject, they're making a, a uh, Predator pre- prequel called Skulls, and it's supposed to take place... It's the first encounter of Predator on... Earth. Kind of excited about that. So I think it's going to be like 4,000 years in the past, because that's, uh, according to the timeline, the first Predator is like 4,000 years ago. So anyway, we're totally off topic. They Live is based on a short story by Ray Nelson called Eight O'Clock in the Morning, which I went ahead and listened to after the, after I watched the film. And it's it's solid. The film's way different. I mean, as most films that are based on short stories can be and are. I mean, if you've ever seen the the Vincent Price uh, Pit in the Pendulum, it is nothing like sure. Edgar Allan Poe's Pit in the Pendulum. But uh, there's other there's some other things that's covered in this film besides like media hypno- hypnosis and stuff like that. Is there's like police brutality. Because they're they're also police officers that are them. Yeah, you know? and even the police officers that aren't aliens masquerading as people are, of course, taking orders yeah, from, from aliens. Yeah, there's a great so, scene where, you know, once Rowdy Roddy Piper gets his magic sunglasses, right, and he can see now. Mm-hmm. I, have, he can, I have magic sunglasses written right here, yes. <laughs> once he gets the magic sunglasses, there are people manufacturing magic sunglasses, and that allows you to see both who is human and who is alien, but it also allows you to see all the subliminal messaging. That's on that every billboard, every billboard, every magazine, every, coming out of every TV set yeah. mm-hmm. um, that's keeping like the human population asleep. But there's a, you know, once he gets those sunglasses, he starts shooting aliens with just abandon. I mean, it takes him like two seconds to go right. from, isn't this messed up to, okay. <laughs> yeah. After, after clotheslining a cop, uh, taking a few guns, he just starts yeah, walking just, around starts walking around shooting things but there's that scene where you know he's he shot like f- five aliens that look you know that were cops right but then a human cop runs up mm-hmm. and you know that guy he just makes him put his gun down and run away mm-hmm. so he's he is trying very hard not to hurt any real oh people. no yeah his whole goal is you know i'm i mean he just with reckless abandon goes after these aliens which is kind of what happens in the book too you know he just every alien he sees he kills you know uh but well, as as far as the police brutality, like it's mm-hmm. like it's it's not just police brutality; it's unanswered police brutality. Like uh, the, right. the there was a scene where the cops come in, 
and the some of the resistance is holed up in a church. They have fake gospel music playing, and and, and really they're in um, kind of one of the deep back rooms, manufacturing the sunglasses and distributing them. The police kind of find out where that is, and they and they raid it. And but they not only raid that, they they basically just mow down this homeless camp. Yeah. And the people are running, they're screaming. All of their tents are are being just flattened, and people are being beaten. And the next day, it's just like people are just cleaning up. No, no one's ex- really expressing any kind of surprise. Yeah, it, that that kind of business as usual. Business, you like it, it kind of it reminded me of parts of RoboCop, where right. it's just this 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 dystopia, this, yeah, that this dark dystopia corporate uh, uh, overlord kind of control, and and and, yeah. and no one is, is is really crying for help or even think that that's going to do any good. Should they alert someone that they're being, you know, mistreated? Mm-hmm. Um, as I mean, posted during that rage, you know when. When uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper's character is getting away, what's his name in the story? By the way, do we ever Nada. know? Nada. Yeah, well, the, the means nothing. Yeah, Nada means nothing. It's Nada, but in the in the short story, it's George Nada. Mm-hmm. Okay, but there's that scene where when he's trying to get away from the raid, you know, the cops have <laughs> the cops have a blind black preacher. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. cornered and they're just beating the hell out of him yeah. yeah well he's swinging his cane you know just reciting his favorite passages from the bible and then eventually one of them times it right gets yeah. in um clubs him and they and they just start and and, and they just that's start when i wrote down the note police this story would have turned out very differently it. if twitter were a thing exactly also a quick question because he does just pick up firearms and start killing I watched this with a, a friend of mine and and Cheryl, and my friend said, "Is this film pro gun? <laughs> like, because it kind of feels that way at the end too. Like, I don't know. It's well, not- I don't think you can make. That's actually a, a, a fairly good question. Like, I doubt very much that John Carpenter is pro gun. Yeah, I mean, I think his politics are clearly you know on the left. Yeah, um, but you can't make a movie in America, you know, about any sort of like." active resistance to without. a dystopian mm-hmm. government without guns. There's just there's just guns everywhere. We yeah, have more guns are. than people. Yeah. And well and there's another line that he says, you know, I love this country and I believe in it. You know, yeah, because he, yeah, he about, starts out, yeah, he's defending the system. Yeah. Yeah. Even though he's having to go from city to city looking for any kind of work he can yeah. get just to survive. You know, he's sleeping on the street or in any kind of Playing like... his harmonica, you know. Like camp that he came, he's like, I believe in America. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I was just like... like you work hard. Oh, work yeah. hard. And you'll get... It'll you'll come. Get, yeah, It'll come. Yeah, you'll get what's coming to you if you work hard. And then oh, uh, Keith David's character is kind of laying out <laughs> yeah, his philosophy yeah, about yeah. life, which is completely different. He's like, you know, we're, we're all pitted against each other, scrambling for whatever crumbs we can get. Yeah, he says... Uh, one line I have written is... He says the golden rule is uh, he who has he who has the gold makes the rules is the golden rule, and that's like basically his philosophy, and it's also a kind of dialogue or or whatever subtext on what's actually happening here. You know, the people with the money are the ones that side with the aliens, sure, and they just keep they making more make money from it, yeah. And so the richer, the richer getting richer, and the poor getting poorer. Like that's even on the fucking news in this uh, film. And so the middle class is basically dying off, yeah, kind of like what's happening very much, yeah. And this is this is this. When was this movie released? It was in the eighty eight, eighty eight, yeah. So you know, yeah. So uh, the the ideas though that they're portraying here aren't subtle, like at all. Like, no. and that's very John Carpenter, you know. Film isn't a subtle medium. It's, well, it can be, and we've talked about that, Jonathan. Mm. 
And I prefer the subtleness. I know you do. Yeah. Um, I just hate having to pay attention to something to understand oh it, God, you know? I love that. If I've got to rewatch something to understand it more, I'm all about it. Well, when you said earlier this was based on a short story, this movie mm-hmm. feels like a short story. It feels like it could be uh, an Outer Limits episode or a Twilight Zone episode. That's oh, a good yeah. point. It really even, does. Even I, feel like, Tales, I feel like yeah. Twilight Zone, yeah. Even Tales from the Crypt, where you have that horror kind of um, uh, juxtaposed with that humor that kind of dark humor because it, it behaves as though it's only got a half an hour to get all the information in. Oh, even no, though yeah. it's longer than And that. that's why they have a 10 minute fight scene in it. I exactly. Think, you know, um, but it's, it, yeah, it's, it's not subtle. It's very much, you know, the, the point is being made throughout the film of, of what they're talking about, what the points they're trying to get across. And it works. But it's so, like, shoved down your throat, it almost feels... To me, this is just me, it almost feels juvenile. Like, okay, so we have this big picture idea, and we want everybody to understand. Even the dumbest person in the audience is going to understand that this film's about something political. Well, you know... Yeah, I think you're essentially right. But rather than juvenile, it almost feels like a, maybe this is the same thing, but it almost feels like a comic book adaptation. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I guess that's. I more. mean, just those big panels, you right. know, just it's, the the broad strokes. Right, and I agree. That's part. I guess that's kind of like what I'm trying to say. Also, my friend brought up a point. Is this really? Is this really a horror movie? That's a good question. Because is it? it's more of like an action thriller. It's like, listed as like a science fiction movie. Well, I, it's it's listed under horror, thriller, science science fiction, action. But I think any any movie about a dystopia is essentially a horror movie. I agree because it's like, look how how dark our future looks, and isn't yeah. that freaking creepy? You know, I yeah, and the the reveal of what these things actually look like is is very yeah. What do you what do you think about the design of? So they basically look like regular people who have been skinned and given like enlarged easy, fish eyes. They're it's obvious they're wearing rubber masks though from a technical point because when they talk the teeth move just up and down like it's very forced. It's weird and the eyes are like they're like glass marbles almost they're that that have like lights in them like it's not they're almost they they, they made me think of like fish or you know like large dark um kind of almost like amphibian yeah Yeah. amphibian's a better word yeah they look like Like frog eyes yeah they yeah they they're like frog eyes basically blue skulls yeah it's really strange which is very different from their design in the short story so i it's weird that there, there's certain things that are pulled from the short story, but not a lot, man. It's completely different. Well, one of my favorite things about this movie is just Rowdy Roddy Piper's character's reactions when he first puts on the sunglasses and starts seeing these aliens. Mm. For one thing, he's not at all subtle about it. Like, it no. never occurs to him that maybe I should pretend not to see what I'm seeing while I get the lay of the right. land and figure out what's going right. on. He's just, it's like you put these sunglasses on an eight-year-old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, he's it's like, true. Jesus, you're it's true. And, and, and George Nada in the short story realizes this when, he's, when he can see that he has to act normal. And that's part of the horror of the short story is him struggling with 
trying to There's act like the bank, the bank teller is not a three-eyed reptilian. Well, a <laughs> couple know? a couple of the times, like when he's when he's just he walks into a supermarket, and that's when he first sees. Um, well, he sees one at a newsstand. Yeah, okay, he sees one yeah. at a newsstand. And he's just like staring open mouth. Uh-huh. Yeah, like yeah. he's got nothing to say. And then he walks into like a, 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 a kind of a, like a nicer grocery store. And of course, it's nicer. It's more expensive. You see more of the like aliens. Everyone except the employees are aliens, yeah. And whenever he voices it, he, he points at someone and said, lady, you look like, I think like you, you said, you look like your head fell in the cheese dip back in like 1950s something. Um, <laughs> dude, it, then there's dude, that human lady standing next to him. He's like, so you, bad. you're okay. But he's voicing yeah. it. That Almost, scene is so weird. He's voicing it like he's like it's all a practical joke, and he's yeah. trying to alert everyone, like what the hell's going on? Like what what yeah. is this really? Well, he also says near that that first scene when he figures out what's going on, he says something like he laughs and he says something like it figures it it'd be something like this. Yeah, like of course. There's so many like cheesy carpenter lines in that scene alone, you know. But that also, just that line when he says, when he's just like chuckling and he's he's moving from like, he's just accepting the absurdity of it all. Uh-huh. That's the feeling like I've had for the last 18 months. <laughs> right. Right. Just, and I think we've all had that, just like, what next? Mm-hmm. And there's this feeling of like, I'm not sure I can be surprised anymore. Man, I was almost like... You know, people were talking about UFOs like they were a fucking real thing a couple of months ago. Like everywhere, the New York Times is running stories there's about a doc- UFOs. There's a, a there's a new documentary. I think it's going to be on Showtime called UFO, and it's about all this. And that's anyway, happened. I remember being, you know what? I don't even I don't even think I could be surprised. Yeah, if we've talked like, about oh, yeah, that too. Yeah, we talked about what that a little bit. Would we be bit. even surprised with? But, but so anyway, just his like resignation to that. Yeah, just like <laughs> yeah, very, of very, course, of course, very it is. 2020, 2021. You know, I was actually like thinking well we won't have to bring up corona anymore on the podcast because it's you know where everybody's doing their job the vaccine because we got vaccines now yeah they do a lot of good when they're sitting in their vials instead of in people's arms we're literally like (laughs) every county in arkansas is in the red every Mm -hmm. county and i think we're like one of the only states that is we're the epicenter and it's it's us and um alabama and um what was the other one maybe mississippi i know florida's well, oh, parts yeah. of it, it is, is really parts of Florida's bad. Te- parts Florida of Florida man, bad. Yeah. it's always Florida man. It's always Florida. Well, man. I, I didn't know. I didn't get this when I was a kid. Um, but the, this movie is set in Los Angeles. Yeah, it didn't didn't feel like it when, when I was a kid. Though while I was watching it now, I recognize certain parts of well, it. Well, there's palm trees. I I hate L.A. as the setting for a film. I think it's so lazy but well david I get why they do it too you, you know? live very near la now because you, you went out is so is is living in a a, a a godless democrat city as they say on the news is that is it just like it is in this movie uh yeah you know uh well i mean especially now like there was always like a homeless issue you'd see tents everywhere but as, yeah. as soon as cor- uh, corona hit um or covid as we're calling it now um you know that problem worsened, and when the, look the first time you you when I when I was because we grew up in a very small town in Arkansas, and I was watching this movie. I saw so many movies that 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 freaked me out of like what a big city would look like. I thought right. it was going to be you know just like um, maybe they live or um, slummy. Or, or, you know, Predator Vi- 2, you know, Colombian and Jamaican drug yeah, gangs, yeah, yeah. Just, just fighting over everything. But uh, if you ever drive through Skid Row, I mean, it's just street after street after street after street of tents and homeless people. Mm. And now you'll drive uh, along any interstate there and you'll see uh, tents, tent cities basically set up. Um, Shanty towns. Yeah. I don't know if that's derogatory or not. 
I'm ignorant towards that, but Shanty, yeah, I've just known them as Shanty Towns or Hoovervilles or you know whatever. And now they're moving toward the beaches um, because you'll have, um, you know, at any any beach will have bathrooms and showers there. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll see a lot of encampments around there. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I didn't get that this was 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 in LA. I again, maybe I'm just referencing Robocop or something. In my mind, I thought of a, like a big city like Chicago or. Or Detroit, because mm-hmm. um, you think of like an old industrial city. Yeah, yeah. Because he, the character George Nada, Roddy Piper had, had mentioned that he was working in Denver, but that went under, and then um, he's just looking for work. I think they made references to like manufacturing. You don't yeah. think of L.A. as manufacturing anything, because it doesn't, especially. Yeah, no. Right. Uh, it manufactures. Manufactures liberal propaganda. <laughs> Soul sucking <laughs> Hollywood, but. Manufactures um, anti-family values. That's right. So they talk about the human power elite, mm-hmm. which I guess are the the bastards that have sided with the aliens. Conspirators. And they, they say that their income increase is an average of 39% when you're the human power elite. So, like, they there's a financial reason to join them as well. Um, the rich are getting richer, you know, and so we we get to a point at the towards the climax of the film where one we see one of our homeless guys is now dressed in like a three piece tuxedo with a fancy cigar in his mouth. He joined, and he joined, and he's telling That's the them thing about to the join. Aliens. Yeah, it's yeah. like when they sweep you up in these raids. Yeah. You know, you get a choice. It's like you can have some money mm-hmm. and just just play ball. It's it's never made clear how they who they pick and why they pick. That's 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 true as well. Um, uh, yeah, it almost seems like you can just join on your own free will, but I don't know if that's the case because. And then there's the line that he says, "We all sell out uh, eventually." You think? It, it, if, do you think you would have been a resistance member? Or you think you would have signed up, joined the cause? Oh, resistance. Same with the aliens. Take resistance. Just take the money. No, bro. Not about that life. I think I might have taken you know the money. I know. I know. <laughs> You've got children. <laughs> I so. might have taken the money. At some point in the movie, there's that, that moment where they, uh, they they hook up with some more resistance people and they switch from sunglasses to contacts. Contact yeah, that lenses. was... <laughs> By the way, that is not the way you put in contact lenses. I love They hand them the contact scene. lenses in the little plastic contact They have no idea what they're doing. And Rowdy Rowdy Piper just... He opens it and it then he... Brings he it to he his puts eye. the he puts the container to his yeah, eye like and yeah. pushes pours it the container into his eye. Yeah, that's not yeah. how that works. None of that's in the short story, the glasses or the contacts. Well, I thought it was just a sort of plot thing to make you to make it less obvious that you could see who the aliens were. Yeah, I guess that's that's probably to a blend good point in a too. little bit. Yeah, more. yeah. Which doesn't work for very long because uh, when they're at the new resistance location, the cops come in and just start shooting everybody. Everybody, right. right. And um, this is where Keith David gets it bad. And I was sad to see that. He got it bad in this film. He got got. Yeah, and then that was after, you know, he, Rowdy Roddy Piper and him were fighting for 10 minutes. You know what? Yeah. Why, why didn't Keith David just put on the damn sunglasses? I don't know. It so bothered me so I, much. I love, I love buddy movies. This but is a little ha- bit of a, of yeah, a like awkward pairing buddy movie. Yeah, it kind of The is. other thing we have to say about Keith David's character is he really tries to help Rowdy, Rowdy Piper's character. He really does. Because, you know, this... He gets him a job. Yeah, the guy shows gives up. Gives him a place to live. Just, you know, he's got nothing. Yeah, he hooks him up with a job, gets him in the union, right? Mm-hmm. Um, gets him a, a, at least a, a place to camp around yeah, some when, nice they, people. They, they make hot, di- hot, hot dinner every showers. night. Showers. Yeah, yeah. That's and important. Then, mm-hmm. And then, of course, uh, when they're apart, the main character discovers the, the alien conspiracy. 
Yeah. He gets himself some extra, an, an extra pair of sunglasses. Mm-hmm. And the, the only friend he has in town, he's, he's got to tell somebody, right? Mm-hmm. So, and at this point, all Keith David's character knows is that this other guy that he tried to help has killed a lot of people yeah. and the police are looking for him. Right. Well, there's this thing in this movie that, God, it irks me, and it's in TV and <clears throat> as well, where if the friend would just listen to their friend, which isn't hard to do when you're friends, all of this could have been resolved. Like, he just automatically assumes he's crazy instead of being like, let's see. Like, all he wants him to is do nuts. is put on I've, the sunglasses. Yeah. Put on the damn sunglasses. If your friend is that adamant about it, you'd probably do Why it. Why not just put them on and walk away? Yeah, well, and in, in, in that scene, Roddy, uh, uh, Roddy Piper starts kind of shambling towards Keith David, and he goes, they're all around us, and we never knew. Like, his, I, it, yeah, in no, that respect, crazy. that's when the yeah. first punch came. It's he's not like, a good look. No, yeah. it's not a good look. No, and that's my thing, too, is like they sell it as... It's, it's both of them that are making the mistake here. Like, Roddy needs to sell it better... And be calm about it, like a like a logical person. And Keith David needs to listen to his friend, and but they can't do that. And instead, they have a ten minute fight scene. Well, if he would, uh, if if, if uh, Roddy would have said, "Hey, man, um, thanks for all your help. Look, here's some shades." Right. Yeah. Just, just I, I, I appreciate. It. Um, you know, should anything happen? Should you see anything weird? I'm, I'm going to be here for a little while longer. Yeah. And then just sat down, and and Keith David maybe would have like muttered to himself, maybe would have put him in his pocket. Maybe would have put him on when he's walking down the street, and then maybe ten minutes later he would have come fast yeah. walking, yeah, power yeah. walking down the alley. Like, what the hell are these? Yeah, this is a joke. But then we wouldn't have gotten ten minutes of WrestleMania. And that's what. That's what the it would have been a lesser movie. You can tell the studio. I don't think John Carpenter would have done. I don't know because he's done. You know, he's a beer drinking, cigarette smoking. You know, he's a proud American. Well, I think he well, he wears a Canadian tuxedo, so he might be Canadian all the time. Uh, I but to believe I that. doubt th- I doubt that. Um, but yeah, it's it's a weird choice to put a ten minute fight scene in the mo- in the at towards the end of this film, and I think it's it was a studio decision, you know. Well, it's a good fight scene in the sense that uh, neither guy ever really gets the upper hand. I yeah. mean, they just beat the hell out of each other. Yeah, they do. I um, mean, they're both big. You know, yeah. burly construction Keith David's workers. young at this point. He's still he he's ripped. Almost. He's not ripped, but he's a stout dude uh, going up against this WWE guy. So I have a note written down, and I don't really recall it because sometimes when I see things and I don't like it, I just erase it. I have tasteless ending. What happens oh. at the end? Oh yes, I remember the end. Are of you this complaining film. about the boobs? Yeah, what the hell? Why is there a sex scene with nudity in it at the very end of the film? Okay, like, at the at the end of the movie, there is if you haven't seen it, which I hope you have, there is a montage of uh, after Rowdy Piper destroys the the their main uh, satellite, th- which is producing the signal, which is producing the every- signal that that's yeah. keeping lulling, everyone asleep, basically hypnotizing everyone and not letting them see the eight. So rocks. he destroys it, gets shot, and he dies with kind of like a little hero's smile. exit mm-hmm. smile on his face. Um, and uh, uh, suddenly there's a montage of people all around the world being able to, to look over at the guy next to him or girl and tell that they're in fact aliens. There's a little funny scene where these two news anchors um, are in the middle of a newscast and you hear some guy behind the counter is like, Gloria, you look like shit. <laughs> because yeah, suddenly she looks like an alien. It's, it's, I get that it's supposed to be comedic. It's just made. I feel like the ending is made for teenage boys. And well, yeah, it, but it, the, the end shot is a girl topless on top of a guy they're having sex, and she looks down and suddenly sees that he's an alien. He's like, "Hey, what's the matter? What's hey, the matter, babe? babe? What's the, yeah." And that's the end of the film. Like, 
I just remember going, Ugh, but that, when I that, saw that ending that lets you know. That's why I said it seemed almost like a Tales from a Crypt thing. That ending is capping it to let you know. Look, there's not going to be any sequel. You're not going to get a sequel to this showing. How do we get rid of all the aliens? You know, yeah. it's not Independence Day or even like a Quiet Place Part Two where mm -hmm. you're having to show how, what's what's going to happen next. Like, look, this is this is uh, a long Twilight Zone episode. Out of right. limits. We're, we're we're capping it here with like a laugh. Again, it yeah, it does feel like those that last montage does feel very Tales from the Crypt slash comic book adaptation. And I me. think that's why I feel like that's why. It was like, I felt like it was made for teenage boys. You I know. mean, is that a bad thing, Levi? I think so. You, because know, you don't have to be so sex well, negative. No, 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 <laughs> I'm not. Well, here's, and this, this is very serious for me. I take this, this part very seriously. There's a stain on the genre, almost like there was for comic books, that it is made for small-minded uh, individuals or teenagers and I think when you see something, when I see something like this, I am reminded that horror has come a long way, but it is still held back by bullshit like this. I don't think it's I don't think it's holding back the more sophisticated A twenty four style no, horror I don't either, to also but I just, to also have the schlocky stuff. But it's always been it's always had that. It's not. It's sophisticated it, enough it's definitely of it, a genre. Yeah. yeah. Well, to your point earlier about like the, the fight scene having to be like a studio note, yeah. um, this could have been one. There's probably uh, an insistence by them, okay, you know, every few beats we need action, every few beats we need fights. And there was a period during the 80s and, and, and well into the 90s, whether it's an action flick um, or horror or science fiction, you had to have at least one topless shot. Like, remember that scene, I in, know. Co that scene in Commando, Arnold Schwarzenegger um, is, yeah, is, is fighting. That's a good example. Yeah, he's fighting the guy and they're, they're, they're running through like doors in a motel and of course one of the doors they run through these couples having sex and this topless woman jumps up in perfect view of the camera like chest forward and you're like well was that necessary well no but they, yeah. they included it in there but it's 80s and i that guess that is never why really the 80s were that. the pinnacle yeah. of human civilization no that this is why i hate the 80s like it's just so ugh. it's so <laughs> tasteless like and subtlety is just out the fucking window like the 80s were not a subtle time no but you know, it for being a politically charged '80s John Carpenter film. I'm glad it was made. You know, uh, and I'm glad it's got no like. You know, there's a T-shirt company basically. You know, well, and, it, and you're talking about no subtlety. Like there is the the that feeling like that they're you know they really are hitting you in head with this with the idea like it's a baseball bat, and yeah. that's even in in the film like you know with that fight scene that that. Roddy Piper has with Keith David, like you're literally having to beat the crap out of someone to get them to, to, to see the point. Right. I, oh yeah. I mean, I guess I see that. I do see, I, and I appreciate it when people literally hold your eyes open to something you might not want to see. It just feels for, this one just feels a little more forced than, you know, other films I've seen that not necessarily portrayed that idea, but have an idea, you know? Um, but, I mean, I don't hate the movie, you know, it's, it's got its place. I really hated that ending, man. And, and you're not going to sell me on that. Just I, the boobs. You mean if they'd have cut that last shot of the boobs, you would have hated it less? I didn't need it to end with a laugh. And I didn't need it to end where it's teenage boys that are the ones laughing. You know, like I just, I just. I mean, I laugh even now. Uh, well, Jonathan. I'm not a teenager. You're, you're a Gen Xer. So I'm a, I'm 12. You were, you were, no, no. 
you were raised in the 80s. <laughs> Not born, raised. <laughs> It's like we're talking about like an old racist from the Civil War time. Look, he's he's a product of his time. Well, everyone he's a product of being, his time. Everyone ends up being a product of their time. Everyone. We say that about Lovecraft all the time. If Lovecraft was born in 1987, would he be as xenophobic as he was? Had he seen World War II and the the crap that happened then, would he have been as xenophobic as he was? Maybe not. We don't know. We'll never know. Everyone's a product of their time. I think if he were alive right now, he'd be big into QAnon. Okay, well, so. uh, to, to I that point... I hope not. To that point, this this movie is pretty uh, broad spectrum, and, and meaning, you know, it, it says that there is a they controlling everything, and this can be used by just about anyone at, at, at any political party or any kind of uh, ideology, and all you have to do is stick in your enemy for they, whoever mm-hmm. you think the aliens are, be yeah. they Republican or Democrat, or they are uh, very popular these days. Alex they Jones, and, uh, right. yeah, Alex Jones right. um, uh, loved this movie. Mm-hmm. Actually, had Roddy Piper on his podcast. Are you oh, wow. shitting me? No, no. And they and and, and they t- and he talked about it's like yeah, this uh, Alex Jones like this movie explains everything. It explains everything. Dave, by the way, has a, <laughs> a, a an Alex Jones tramp stamp, so that's why he knows <laughs> this. <laughs> Um, I want to talk, I'll talk a little bit about the short story a little more. Um, it was written in 1963, again, by uh, a writer named Ray Nelson. And our main character is George Nada. Only George is, is awake in this film. And it's, he goes to, I guess, like a magic show. And there's a hypnotist there. And the story begins when the hypnotist tells you to wake up. So everybody wakes up normally, and they're still sort of... Everyone in the audience is still hypnotized by them, but for some reason, and they don't go into why, he when he when the hypnotist says wake up, George Nada wakes up. Yeah. And so he says he understood in a flash, but he also understood that he had to be careful. And so like that's when he goes throughout the story pretending, struggling to pretend that everything's okay until he breaks. Kevin Bacon's stir of echoes where he was hypnotized and suddenly he would, would see ghosts. Now. Right. And the aliens are reptilian. They're described as many-eyed snakes with blue-green blood. So they're not anything like the the creatures in uh, They Live. Well, there are people who believe in lizard people now. Right, exactly. That's, that's, a, that's a good point. Like, And that kind of might... Because that's been... That's... That conspiracy theory has been around for quite some time, and it might have actually influenced eight o'clock in the morning. But one of the one of the quotes that the reptilian says is, "Work eight hours, play eight hours, sleep eight hours." And they say, and that's in the movie too. I think so. Yeah, that uh, obey the government. We are the government. We are your friends. Is something they repeat over and over again too. Marry and reproduce, and Check. They're, they're arrogant as hell. Like in the book, they they think they're. They're never going to get caught, and this is what they do, and they've done it on multiple planets. And so, well, that was in the movie kinda, when they meet, um, you know, when they're they're in the alien lair or whatever, and mm-hmm. they meet the guy who's turned was in the homeless camp, but now he's in a tuxedo. Yeah, he says they're free enterprisers. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true. Though, they're free but, enterprise. So he can he can hear it in their voice too. Like even if it's um. Like, even if it's someone that, so it flashes to him, the the view, so someone will look like a human to him, and then a flash of what it really is will happen, but it'll go back to being human. So, how he really tells is how the sound of their voice, like their voices, is what gives away that they're the alien. The larger 
issue here, like the thing that really connects it to the time we're living in now, and the reason this movie, I think, just gets better with age, it relates to something, David, you just said, where you said, like, you know, regardless of the political side, you know, you you see this conspiracy conforming to whatever your political side is, right? Mm-hmm. Or it's, it's possible to, anyway. You're talking, like, even Alex Jones, you know, was a fan of it, and you could see somebody on the far left being a fan of it. Yeah. What the hell is it about Americans, because this feels to me to be a very American thing, that makes us so obsessed with this idea that the government is going to take over and enslave us all? Well, that's kind of... What what is it that makes us such such a bunch of suckers for conspiracy theories? Well, because the whole whole basis of this country is to not love or trust your government, you know? I get that. Uh, we, you know, we were born in a revolution. We we're broke rebels. Away from yeah, you know. Um, but I also think there's too many. Oh, man, Americans. that was a long ass time. ago. I know. Uh, well, I'm, I'm. I know. But it's also you have to. History matters. You know, it repeats itself. But uh, I also think Americans have too much fucking time on their hands too. And so, I mean, at least that's the case when it comes to someone personal. I know. Um, that's that believes in conspiracy theories is they have too much time on their hands and so they're they're able to feed their own biases or what they think would make their life meaningful i mean that's the thing too is it's narcissism it's it's this thing that i i know and not everyone else knows you know i'm special no, I think because i figured it out i think narcissism know? is definitely a part of it but when you say like time in your hands i mean well, look, there are a lot of Scandinavian countries in which people have way more time off than Americans do. Yeah, I guess you're right. Right? right. And, and they don't seem to fall for this kind of shit. No. Uh, Amer- uh, Americans have always been, it seemed to be more comfortable with getting screwed over by someone wearing a suit rather than wearing a uniform. Um, there is that uh, distrust of the government, but it's always the government. Like, I don't see any conspiracy theories about... You know, major corporations. I know some people on the left will, are. Well, no. I mean, you know, the right now has that thing with big tech. Oh, yeah. Well, right like, yeah. now. The but, right thinks that big tech yeah. is censoring them, even though the most popular links every day on Facebook are to right wing news sites, to the Daily Wire or to but one, it's that, one or it's another that, of Ben Shapiro's outfits. It, it's that union of big tech and government. The, the, like the two had to join a little bit and had to feed off of each other. Yeah. My thing is just. So um, you might be able to hear my voice. I'm getting over a head cold. Um, got got tested for the Rona. Don't have the Rona. Um, thank God. But the night before I got the test, this was several days ago, I was feeling rough. Like, you know, I called yeah. you the yeah. morning after. And you were yeah. like, who the hell is this? Yeah. Um, but the night before, I mean, I was, you know how bad head, head colds are. You can't sleep. You can't breathe. It's amazing how much you're crippled by not being able to breathe out of your nose. I know. It just it just shuts everything. Anyway, so I'm laying there, and naturally, you know, I know I'm going to be awake all night. Got my trusty iPad. So, uh, of course, I spent the evening uh, watching, like, classic movies or reading en- enriching literature. No, I didn't. Here's what I did. I Damn got it. on YouTube. Damn it. <laughs> I got on YouTube. Had me excited. <laughs> and because I knew I was going to get tested for corona the next day. I was going to get tested for COVID the next day. I was just waiting for the doctor's office to open, right? Right. I got on YouTube, and I went down the just the darkest lane of anti-vax, COVID conspiracy bullshit I could find, just because I just wanted to... I guess I wanted to try to understand where they were coming from. Right. I, I wanted to try to understand how they got to where they got. You know, the people who think that there's a microchip in the vaccine. Yeah. Or that, you know, you meet people who will suddenly start talking I don't to you know. like they're a goddamn virologist i don't know i don't i i mean 
And I don't know either, but a couple of things occurred to me. They're always talking about how much research they've done. Mm -hmm. And it it really bothers me when they say that because it makes it sound like they've been in a lab for 10 years. Right. (laughs) And they have, you know, like they they got all the credentials to be a proper biochemist. Right. They've been staring through an electron microscope. They've been doing immunology studies and animal models. I don't even know the language for what, how scientists do these things. And the reason I don't know the language for it is that I am dumb. Well, you're not a scientist. I didn't yeah. go to medical school. Yeah. I didn't get a PhD in biochemistry, mm-hmm. immunology, virology. I don't understand so that field. The whole like blue collar f- thing that if you're educated, you can't be trusted. I, I it, it kind of feels like that. Like, who are these doctors? You know, like, and but it's, it's not like, even I'll applied do... evenly because uh, yeah, these are the not. same people who you know they won't hesitate to take antibiotics. No, I know. Yeah. Oh no, you get a you get a the throat infection. You're taking a Z-Pack. And, no, you know, no one questions that. And then people are like, well, I'm waiting for the FDA approval. And like... <laughs> like they know what that, that means. That even means, yeah, yeah. Like they know what the process entails yeah. at all. Right. So, yeah, it's very I guess, frustrating I guess time to, my thing. to be alive right now. <laughs> it's frustrating. When did we lose the ability to understand that we're dumb? Like, I'm dumb in this area. And the reason that I got the vaccine is because a doctor told me to. Right. I and that actually a lot of doctors told me Man, to. I like, had a panic attack and I still got yeah, mine. Yeah, you have a legitimate phobia of needles. Yeah. Like it's not a fake thing. And I still got mine, yeah. And it's like I don't know, it's it's just a little self-sacrifice to make sure your neighbor is doing okay. And I think that's something also that Americans struggle with is it's a very me 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 uh, society we live in. Um even though we fake like it's not because it's all about the kids and, you know, blah, blah, blah. There's a guy I follow on Twitter named uh, Tom Nichols, who worked in the federal government like under re- Republican administrations and was a Republican. But his sense a sort of, you know, no political yeah. um, stance after the last many years for obvious reasons. Um, but he's always saying that we've just become a nation of spoiled, unse- like fundamentally unserious people. Yeah. And maybe that's part of it. Mm-hmm. Again, I, I just... I feel like 20 years ago, God, I sound old. Yeah, here you go. Yeah, here, here he or, goes. No, I'm, I'm, at the ripe, he goes, I'm at the ripe old age of 43. I just feel like 20 years ago, people were like, well, I don't know anything about this. So, you know, when the, when the surgeon says we need to take it out, well, take it out. And when I the think doctor says you need a shot, you need a shot. A couple, of, a couple of months ago, you, I think you were right when I was talking about we live, when I said we live in the information age. Now everyone can quote-unquote, do their own research with the internet. But research. you you corrected me and said, we're actually in the misinformation age. And I think that's, you hit the nail on the head there. You're like... With social, with, I, with social media now, we know what everyone else thinks, or, or what they say they think. Now, before mm-hmm. it, it was here, we I think we just assumed a lot. We assumed people thought a certain way and right. uh, believed certain things and acted a certain way. And now we actually know what everyone else is thinking because they can't shut up about it yeah before we had a kind of blessed ignorance so i i, I look back on like growing up in the 80s or 90s and and um the way the world seems like well, you know what i can't really even trust my memories of it because that's just the way it seemed like right. i didn't know what everyone else thought these ideas uh were probably all there maybe they were just in the back of everyone's mind and they didn't voice them or they voiced them at home in private but you know i i, I wonder if everything actually changed or if it's just 
um, we're learning kind of uh, the way it's been for a, a long time. When doctors were, you know, first handing out polio vaccines, did they have to sit down with like hesitant mothers and explain for three hours why the vaccine was, it was better to get it than not to get it? No, uh, when these people say they do research, you're, you're getting a lot of, they're referencing articles by people who didn't research. Um, and those articles are taken by people who didn't research. So you go back five or six steps sources of, of misinformation. Yeah. It just kind of gets worse before it gets to them. Some of these people didn't like, and I don't want to sound pretentious because I went to higher education, but you know, you learn where you really learn how to do research is in college because you kind of have to, to, to write a thesis or to write a 12 page paper and, so you learn how to check sources and viable sources and bi bibliographies. And these people don't do that. Like, no, that's certainly true. But I would even object to that being, I mean, because you and I, like David too, we were all in humanities programs, right? Yeah. So the kind of research that we learned to do mm -hmm. was very much, again, citing what the, the, the paper you're referencing, citing the books that right. you're referencing. But this is even more hardcore than that and more specialized like because we're talking journals. about scientific research. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, medical research. Medical Immunology. Journals. These yeah. are incredibly mm -hmm. complicated, nuanced fields. And again, Scholarly. I am dumb, yeah. but I know just enough to know that they're incredibly complicated, nuanced fields. Like the human immune system is an mm -hmm. incredibly difficult thing to understand. It's a lot of moving parts, right? Right. So the kind of research you have to do to have any real understanding Understanding of how that works yeah. is way harder than the papers we had to learn to write to get oh, out yeah. of English no, comp, I agree. right? No, yeah. yeah. It's just, it's a whole other thing. Why is, how is that a controversial idea, number one? And when do we forget that? Uh, I can't fault anyone. I, I, you, I, you can fault someone for the ideas that they have, but I can't fault anyone for that lack of trust that they have, be it in, in, in government or anything else, because, well, no, yeah. I mean, this, this, you know, a new story that was, that broke a few months ago, speak, you know, going back to Los Angeles, uh, off the coast, there are thousands and thousands of barrels of DDT that are, are kind of near Catalina Island, and they're 3,000 feet deep, and they're, they, I mean, it, it's, they, they can't even count them all, you know, it's, I think it's uh, uh, maybe approaching like the hundreds of thousands of barrels down there. Sea life has been getting tumors, seals and sea lions, and then that's how they kind of alerted that there was an issue there. Now that's, I, actually, that's one example of uh, a, a corporation, um, you know, poisoning an area to, to, to save a little bit of money. But whether you're encountering a situation like that or, or, or uh, some sort of government malfeasance or some sort of a corporation bribing government to to uh, kind of get their way. You you there's only so many of these news stories you can read and and hear about before everyone else. I mean, most people are they're just go they're going to work and they're going home and then everything else is just they. You know, um, there's whether it's the government or their employer. Um, and so like trust has been just kind of eroding for such a long time. So I don't blame anyone for having a lack of trust in something. Um, because how, I don't know how many news stories you can read in any, any kind of awful situation and, and just, like, act surprised anymore. You were talking earlier about should we be surprised at anything else the uh, bad's going to happen. Right. That's a really good point. And I am, I suppose, trying to thread a, a needle here in that, like, I, like you said, I completely understand not trusting the government. Like, there are just too many examples mm -hmm. of... Why you shouldn't? Yeah, the sort <laughs> yeah. of the sort of just silly horse shit they get up to. Also, yeah. I spent uh you know many years working for like a state agency as a tech guy. So yeah, 
So I, I, com- and I, I completely understand complaints about waste mm-hmm. and just bureaucratic silliness and yeah. inertia and intractability and all that. Like I've seen it and it, it infuriates me, I think, is as much as it, as it does anyone. So, God, I don't know what to say next. Other than that, yeah, that lack of trust, I, I guess I, at, at, I think two things simultaneously. I completely understand how we all got there. Mm-hmm. Where how we all got so untrusting, how we believe that there might be some magic sunglasses, and, and like like the guy says in the movie, it makes it makes sense it to be something like this. Of course, it's something like this, right? Yeah. But I don't know. At the same time, well, at the same time, look, you have to sleep at night. You you, you have to to be, uh, yes, yeah. You have to be able to get up and go to work in the morning. Um, so there's only you know so much of it you can take in, and 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 for you. Uh, you still have to live your life and, you know, not go insane, not walk into a bank and start shooting at aliens. And right. for, and for right. me, part of that living your life and not going insane means that when you go to the doctor's office and they tell you you need something, mm-hmm. you can't, I just feel like you have to listen. Yeah. Because again, you can't do the quote unquote research in a meaningful way. Look, no. we're, you can't. We're not trying to convince any one of our listeners to get the vaccine. <laughs> We're just at this point. It would just not, yeah, not because we don't think you should, just because it wouldn't matter to argue with you if you don't. Right, want it. that's not our if that's even not our listening. thing. But uh, but we also you know we we feel strongly opinionated about one side. So you know that's what that's what we're gonna get. Um, it's just so weird to me that it became. I mean, I know you know people have talked about political polarization, but it's so weird to me the specific issues that have fallen on either side of the political aisle. Like yeah, the, the how ones, did this become political? Like who how? who divided that deck of cards? Right. It's like, you know, the anti-vax thing is well, actually that's the left and the right, isn't mm-hmm. it? Because I yes, mean it, it what is. it started with like what Jenny McCarthy and autism and yeah, actually, there, there, a lot all of that nonsense. A, a big anti-vax movement right now for the the, the COVID vaccine I, I read was actually in the yoga community. Yeah, I've I've let that's I've, what you call yeah. There, which is not a, of the naturalistic fallacy. Yeah. This idea that nature's better, which well, is ridiculous. Well, yoga community is not exactly right leaning, so no, it, no, yeah, of course it's going to go both ways. No, but you're right. So that that's on both sides. But then you've got issues like climate change, that you know is a, is a no no on the right much more accepted by the left. So you get these, I don't know, it just, the, the way that we've divided up some of those social issues and like the, and I guess the Q conspiracy falls pretty much on the right versus mm-hmm. the left. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you were speaking of uh, earlier, we were talking about context, when we forget we were so dumb. Here, here's a question. Look, John Carpenter has said specifically he wrote, I mean, this was written during the time of Reagan and this was written yeah. uh, in a response uh, to kind of Reagan economics. Yeah. The separation of, of uh, well, the shrinking middle class. Because even in this movie, you see, um, you know, it's the homeless people who are helping each other out. Like it's, no, yeah, they, like when when he goes to look for when Roddy Pepper goes to look for a job, the, the the people working in the office are completely indifferent. They're kind of sneering. They just want him to go away, so they send him off. Um, so there's this thought like we, your only help you're going to get is from each other. It's not going to be from any institution or government. So we know when it was written and why. Still, it's going to be used to fit any kind of ideology. And if you guys are ever on Instagram, you'll see a quote from Orwell or mm-hmm. yeah. Brave New World. And you, I, a few people I know are, are, are more right-leaning who, who, who are, if they're not in QAnon, they're kind of tiptoeing their foot through the door. They're just a little yeah. bit. And they're sharing these things uh, 
completely out of out of context. Yeah, they are for the time they were written, even the points that they were written for. Well, it's just another thing. It's like when it's when you pull an article that you think confirms your bias, and you didn't do any research on it. It's like if they had done any research, they would know that that's not what they should be sharing. Yeah, I mean, any legitimate <laughs> research involves heavily investigating opposing viewpoints. Right. I know, and that's that's something I like to do. You know, I like to see the opposite side, but I'm also very aware that it's a, the opposite side as I'm looking at it. You so, know? so what you're saying is, is that when I pull a, a big list of 80s movies that have uh, gratuitous nudity, you're going to give them all a chance. I No, Don. <laughs> God. Here's what I'm going to give a chance. You should, you should watch and review <laughs> Rock and Roll Nightmare. No, every I will give any horror movie a chance because it's like I've said millions of times on this podcast, I feel like to be a connoisseur of the genre, you have to you know, consume the entire genre, uh, with no bias. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to You're wait a scholar through the shit. Of the genre. I'm trying, I'm trying. I don't know why I, I don't, I've had this desire for years and I have no clue why and I've been doing it for years, but, um, so there's a few questions the short story asks that our film doesn't, which I like, um, can we wake others up? So will anybody even listen to us? So, like, for instance... It just depends how many wrestling moves you know and if you have magic right, sunglasses. Right. <laughs> well, so first like, of all, that, that phrase, wake up, like, yeah. like you, you'll see a... a, a or or if, if, if it's, it's a Facebook post. Facebook, by the way, it's just... They didn't have the red pill analogy. Yeah. Um, you'll, you'll, you'll see uh, someone post something, and, and it's, it's a bunch of half-truths, and there's always that condescending, shitty little wake up exclamation yeah. point yeah, at the yeah. bottom of it. Oh, yeah, no. That's, Sheeple's another good one. Yeah, yeah. I um, that a lot. But I guess what I took from that is, is can we really um, change someone's mind if their mind is made up? Well, I think... And we've talked about this, too, before yeah. on the podcast as well. Is the signs aren't good. They're no, not encouraging. The data shows that if you argue with someone on Facebook, they're just going to dig in deeper into their position. Well, have there, haven't there been studies by, like, psychologists that prove that, like, you, mm -hmm. if someone, it, you're, you're, like, you're not going to convince something of what they... Uh, no, even if you show someone what you consider proof, they might not consider that proof. You know, and well, so a lot that's of, well, all it takes. Got, you've got stories about people in the ICU. Yeah. With COVID, mm -hmm. arguing with doctors that COVID isn't real. So there's a guy. There's a. I saw an interview with a guy that's on the ice. He was he, he's in ICU and he just, I guess he's getting his medication or whatever. But he says he's still not going to get the vaccine, and that it's wrong and it's wrong to force people to do anything. You know, and this is a free country. You know, he's very backwards <laughs> but yeah, whatever you know um well one of the great i think this is fair to say but i think one of the great things and maybe somewhat unique things about america i, I haven't traveled much so i don't know a lot about the rest of the world mm -hmm. but i think historically one of the great things about america one of the, the great things that the first amendment like allows for is that one of the historically great things about our society in general is that we don't need to agree mm-hmm we don't need to agree on everything. No, right? yeah, in, no. In I fact, have friends that I don't agree with at all. No, no, no. And, and protecting our right to disagree about yeah. whatever we want to disagree about mm -hmm. has been a, a terrific boon for us, I think. And yeah. has, has helped make us what we are. Right. Insofar, a lot of the good things about what we are. But then again, you can't have any sort of functional society without a, de a degree of shared reality, I think. Yeah. And what 
I guess what scares me is the degree to which that shared reality has collapsed. Yeah, because we all ha- we can all with the internet, well, you can create your own reality now. And right? I don't and need I- somebody to like you know I don't I don't need somebody to have my politics to be friends with them. Well, there's that there's that feeling. I'm not saying that, or there's that feeling or fear that so many people have now that they don't want to be a sucker. Right. Like they don't want to be tricked. And like there are a lot of people in the UFO community, speaking of UFOs we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. that don't believe all the evidence that, that the government put forth because the government volunteered it. Or they're questioning why now? Like it, it, a lot of this is proof they've been waiting for and now they're resisting it. Say, like, well, why are you why are you saying that you, you're acknowledging they exist now? Why? Should we trust any of this? I mean, uh, I, I get, I get, you know, like there's a kernel of truth in that, 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 well, you know, if this has been happening for a long time, why are you coming clean now? But still there is like a, the, the, a lot of people just rejected it outright. Well, this sure. has to be bullshit. Yeah. Um, another question, the, um, the short story answers is what can one person do? And I think that's kind of, <laughs> you know, tragic, you know, yeah, because that, I mean, that's also applicable. It, it's kind of the, kind of the end of the film, well, but if you're or the end of the, the story. Is if you're like, Roddy Roddy Piper, you just get a bunch of guns. Well, he, start cleaning so up. in the short story, he can't, he has a girlfriend, he can't wake his girlfriend up, like nothing works. Uh, and so... To protect her, he kills any reptilian that comes around. He sees even children. And so people just see this guy as a homicidal maniac. maniac. Yeah. yeah, so the radio is saying George Knott is a homicidal maniac. And eventually he steals an alien weapon, and he shoots one of the broadcasters on, on TV, and so it shows the true form to everyone, and everyone wakes up. So the end, the end of the story goes like this, and this is, a, this is the last like line. Everyone woke up and the war began. George did not live to see the victory. He died of a heart attack at 8 o'clock in the morning. Because he gets a call early, and this is something I skipped, he gets a call early on in the story, and it's one of the reptilian voices, and it says, George, you're an old man, you're going to die of a heart attack at 8 o'clock in the morning. And he's, and that's when he's like really pushing again to start a revolution and begin, because he's like, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to die. But he ends up dying anyway. So, and that's the end of the story. But I mean, it's not great, but it's different than, yeah. and it and it has more questions that maybe are not asked in the film. You know, so I liked it. I really did. I thought, honestly, I thought the short story was better than the film. But that's me. I, you know, I preferred the literature, sure, over the, over some of the like interpretations of said literature. So yeah, I mean, this movie slash story kind of throws in your face you know questions we all have about not trusting what our government is doing and what the media says and 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 now in the misinformation age it's more prevalent than ever and the the story was written in 63 and the film was made in 88 and here we are in 2021 and it's never been more relevant yeah I, that's good art you know yeah, to I, me, that's good art. Again, I, th- I think this movie, I mean, it seems particularly applicable to now just because of all the madness around the virus. But you can see it you know, in 20 years from now, whatever else, whatever the new thing is then, mm-hmm. like you'll still be able to look at this. And like you said, regardless of which side of the political spectrum you're on, this film will still resonate. It, it'll still yeah. fit. Yeah. And the story will too. I mean, I think that's... <laughs> That's all I want as an artist, <laughs> you know, it's like, 
to make something that stands the test of time and only becomes maybe even more relevant throughout. David, movie. have you seen St. Maud yet? Not yet. Man. But I, I listened to um, your podcast about it and I want to see it. Jesus. I can't I can't say it enough. I'm screaming from the rooftop. I know. You're you're an evangelist <laughs> for that movie. I, I, I see what I, I did am, there. Dude, see I, what I did there? But yeah. <laughs> I, I listened to also uh, your I've listened to all your podcasts, but especially your one oh, thanks, you were explaining. Uh, well, I'm a longtime listener, first time caller. That's right. Uh, but do, we, you explained Midsommar because yeah. I saw it and um, was not as big a fan as you guys were. But um, yeah. after you explained yourselves, um, I think I understand it a little God, better. I love that movie. Um, so we we kind of have uh, a few things planned for August. I think we want to introduce our No Shit Cheryl segment. And um, we're going to cover Dead Alive because that, that is my um, significant other's favorite film. Um, and, Great one-liners in that movie. Uh, I think we might cover Carrie for Back to School. That'll be fun. Um Another Stephen King uh, thing we haven't we haven't covered. Um, I want Stephen King to live forever. There's a lot of films on this. Let me go ahead and read off some of the films I have for for our coming up uh, future. So I've already talked about our holidays. We're we're doing you know we're going to do Thanksgiving and Halloween and Christmas. Um, and we have for for Halloween we have uh, like Dracula 1992. We have The Fog. Another John Carpenter. That'll be our fifth Carpenter film. And we have um, uh, House of Wax with Vincent, the Vincent Price one, not the Paris Hilton one. Um, I have on here Silver Bullet, uh, which is another Stephen King film that's that's based on a short story by him. That's uh, a great one. That's, 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 a, that's one, one of the better Stephen King adaptations. No, it really is. Uh, I have The Babadook, which I still haven't seen, but I've heard great things about. Uh, we have Get Out on here. We have Near Dark. Which is the um, Bill Paxton? Bill Paxton, Vampire. That's such a good, and it's it's such a good movie. Um, I have Nosferatu on here, but I don't have which one it is because we we, we got to do Herzog. We, I think that's what we're going to do because I want to talk about. Because I just want to talk about Herzog. Well, yeah, and I want to talk about his friend, the actor. Um, what's his name? Klaus. Klaus Kins yeah. Kinski. Yeah. Um, I've got the others on here. I've got Don't Look Now. Um, I've got Underwater because that was secretly a Cthulhu movie. If you haven't seen it, I haven't. Oh, but buddy, yeah. Is uh, it better than Dagon? Oh yeah, but it it pulls from Alien, like it's a underwater facility that's you know seven miles deep, and they awaken something. Um, we've already done Midsommar. Oh, I have Basket Case on here. I know you want me to watch that crap. What is Dwayne hiding in the oh, basket? Man, I have uh, 1922 on here, the uh, the Netflix film that's based on uh, Stephen King's short story, The Rats. Um, we have The Changeling, another George C. Scott That's a film. creepy one. He's like the composer in the haunted house. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, we have Don't Breathe, since uh, that's a Lovecraft. That's a pull from a Lovecraft story of the terrible old man, and the sequel's about to come out. Uh, so we'll, we'll probably cover that as well. We all, oh, I also have 28 Days Later for our Killian Murphy fans in the audience, because I know we have some. Who isn't? And we were all sailing fan of that Cillian for a long time. So we, I, pretend that you I said Cillian until I heard him say his name, which honestly, it's about three weeks ago. So <clears throat> I have that to admit. Um, also have uh, the mist and let the right one in, 
but I, I don't know if I, I've probably mentioned some of these on here. We I left room for for your choices as well, Jonathan. Don't worry, I'll find us some trash. I I, uh, I, I didn't hear uh, Night of the Creeps anywhere on there. Well, it's coming. We you know we, we talked this... about that also for back to school. Okay, okay we want good. this podcast to last for years. So we have a lot. I don't of have things. any other hobbies. I mean, I don't. I my goal is to get you know at least over a hundred episodes for this. So we're at like, like what thirty something right now. So. Speaking of Near Dark, Lance Henderson, Bill Paxton, the only two actors who were ever killed by the alien, the Predator, and the Terminator. Nice. Nice. That's yeah. Dope. That's a nice piece of information you just dropped there on this podcast, sir. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, we're very happy. See, now that's research. Now that's research. Ah!